Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, we'll whip around the grounds. We'll start at the MCG where the spectacular Dreamtime game took place between the Tigers and the Bombers. What a thriller it was. We'll head up north to the Q Clash. We'll talk about the story from the Gabba and some other big stories from across the day. That's all to come on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk, of course. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, then please hit the like button, leave us a review or a rating. We've got new episodes dropping every day at lunchtime. This is your Sunday edition. Jack Heverin alongside Joey Montagna after what has been a very, very big and very interesting day of Saturday footy, Joey. Certainly was. Started with the early game at Marvel Stadium, North Melbourne, Sydney. The controversy around that ending North Melbourne's heartbreak by an interchange infringement costing them a win. Sydney Swans got the win that they just had to have. Didn't matter how they got it. And then at the MCG last night where we were, Jack, what a game it was. It looked like Richmond just seemed to always be in control when Dusty got a goal to start the fourth quarter. They were out to 18 points, three-goal lead. Essendon only kicked six goals up until that point and then found a way to kick four of the last five goals from the midway through the last quarter to snatch victory from the Jaws. What's the saying? Of defeat. Jaws of defeat. That was right. Well it? done. Yep. Thank you. And uh, anyway, and they've, they've broken a 13-game losing streak against Richmond and keep their season alive remarkably after losing four on the trot. They have some winnable games coming up against West Coast and North Melbourne, and it was just a gutsy performance. And uh, it started from the coach. I thought it was a great plan, and it was executed beautifully by Zachy Merritt and the rest of the team, and they deserve the win. I often think about when, when you leave the footy, if you're a fan of, of the teams, what you're thinking. I reckon if you're a Bombers fan and you jumped in your car and drove out of the MCG, or, you, of course, you're listening on Triple M Footy, you should be so proud of the way that your team played. As you say, Dustin Martin kicks the first goal the last quarter. They're three goals up. Richmond with momentum. It kind of looked like it was headed towards a five or six goal win. But they just stuck to their plan, their process, and they showed a fair bit of character as well. They did because they did lose their way a bit in the fourth quarter. We, we, we did during the call. I think Richmond took nine intercept marks in that fourth quarter because Essendon lost a bit of their composure. They lost and went away from their plan of taking uncontested marks. And they were trying to just rush it and bomb it inside 50, which wasn't their style. It wasn't what they'd done all night. They took 154 marks. Now, to put that in context, 159 marks is their record ever. Wow. In a game of football. So they weren't far off that. They denied Richmond uh, the, the footy, the turnover game. And then early on, they were able to make the most of their chances. And then late in the game, they were able to make the most of their chances. And it was a young man named Sam Durham who I've had a lot of time for. He's a tough kid, plays on the wing, a bit unfashionable, who bobbed up top of the square and took the mark to kick his second goal of the night to steal the, the win from a, by a point with less than 30 seconds to go. So great game, but no doubt Richmond fans on the flip side, uh, Jack, will be very, very frustrated because this has now been going on for, well, going back to last year, losing close games, losing games they probably should win, finding ways to um, not be able to finish their work. And we've seen Damien Harvick, how frustrated he's getting. And you just wonder now where it's at because each loss takes them closer to not playing finals again. And, you know, the end of an era with these veterans that have been premiership superstars, uh, maybe they're running out of time to try and have a, a, a crack at winning another one. I think I saw a stat just on that. That um, Well, he, here's an interesting one from Swamp, who, uh, if it's not the two man, of course, we defer to Swamp. Longest runs of winless VFL, AFL games for teams in games decided by six points or fewer. Richmond have lost 12 from 2021 to 23, three draws, 
Nine losses in games decided by six points or or fewer. It's the most in history. Wow. They went past North Melbourne of 1932 to 36. And St Kilda of 2010 to 2015. So are you calling Richmond? You calling these group chokers? I didn't say that. I'm just wondering. I did not. <laughs> that C word did not come out of my mouth. No, no I did that, not. No, I'm a, just saying yeah, that, that the, the numbers don't lie. They, they, they've, they've won three games for the season with a pretty tricky month to come. They're, as much as the last two wins have been great and they beat Geelong last Friday and got a lot of confidence out of that, but they are now in real danger, yeah. Joey, of their season slipping Yeah, away. absolutely it is. It's going to be really hard now. There'll be two games outside of the eights. Look, there's maybe an op- opportunity still, but as we said, as the weeks go by, they leave themselves less and less margin for error. And in a competition that's getting tough, Fremantle are finding form now and Essendon are back in form and Carlton has still probably got to find some form in the second half of the year. It makes it hard. So tough going for Richmond and that's what's going to be. It's losing these close games, you know, so many times throughout the last couple of years. It's what's bitten them on the backside. The winner of the uh, Yoko medal for best player on the ground, Zach Merritt. Fantastic night at the office for him. The, the captaincy looks so good on him. Yeah, and it was a play. I mean, we look at some of his kicking and his disposal inside um, 50 was awesome. But it was the play late in the game where Dustin Martin won a critical contest at half forward. He was bursting free. And if he could have had a clear run at it, he either would have hit Jack Rewood or kicked the goal. Mm. Zach Merritt's effort to just get a fingernail on the tackle, forced to kick the goal along the ground, which led to Essendon's transition, is what they should be highlighting about Zach Merritt. That's what leadership is, leading from the front with the defensive pressure. And that's why uh, they are loving what he's doing this year. A couple of other stories from today, just quickly, that are very interesting. Fremantle, 29-point winners over Geelong. That's a big win for the Dockers, and and maybe that might be the start of something for them. Well, I mean, we said uh, last week it was the First time since, I think, 2019, they'd kick back-to-back 100 um, points in a game. Now they've done it three weeks in a row. So they're starting to fire offensively. We know how well they are defensively. Look, Geelong, they're going to struggle while they've got so many injuries. They're yeah. not the team of 2022. That, that's, that's what we can say for now. But we're not going to write them off, certainly. We're not going to jump at shadows because as the season goes on, if they get their best personnel back, we know what they're capable of. It won't take them long to find their best form. But while they're missing a lot of players, particularly Dangerfield and some other senior guys, their, their form's going to be a bit inconsistent. Western Bulldogs, 45-point winners over Adelaide in Ballarat. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Adelaide, Joey. I love the way they go about it. They're tough. They're uncompromising and they're disciplined. I think they would be pretty disappointed with the way that they played today. I know you didn't see a lot of that nah, game because yeah. you were doing the other game. That Weren't up for the fight. I'm, I'm not a believer in Mulligan, so you don't give them a Mulligan for a, an ordinary performance. I thought they were well below their best. I wonder subconsciously what the message said to the playing group when they decided to leave Tex Walker at home and say, we're going to rest him for this game. No Phil Thorpe. We're not going to take Tex. Does that subconsciously seep through to the players and go, okay, well, maybe this isn't a game we're going to win. You know, we're going to Ballarat. Which maybe, I, I don't know whether it did, but certainly from, from all reports and having a look at some of the highlights, they, they weren't up for the fight early and, and, uh, and Bulldogs had their way with them. Yeah, and that's taking nothing away from the Bulldogs either. Really good performance by them and their midfield is humming at the moment. And then the game at Marvel Stadium, which you were at calling for Fox footy, uh, North Melbourne had that game pretty much all afternoon and then an interchange drama. They had gone over their 75 interchange that are allocated Interchange number 76 resulted in a 50-metre penalty and a Hayden McLean goal from the top of the goal square to win the game for Sydney. With less than a minute to go, it was heartbreak for the Kangaroos. They lost the game, but they lost no admirers. That that was a, a terrific performance. The youngsters, 
My gosh, the, the debutant George Wardlaw has shown in one game that he's going to be a serious player. Sheasel got moved out of the back line for the first time, played as a mid-forward and was class and could have almost won the game for North Melbourne. And Phillips and Powell and some other guys also came along. Jai Simpkin led from the front. So it was a great gutsy performance by the Kangaroos. But Sydney, they found a way. Luke Parker and Chad Warner. Uh, Buddy Franklin got back to a little bit of form, kicked three goals. But, uh, yeah, they got the job done just, and it was a win they had to have. That's us done and dusted here on Footy Talk. Of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. We've got new episodes dropping every day. On the other side of this, we'll hand it over to the guys at the Gabba to get the rundown of how things went between the Lions and the Suns. This is Footy Talk Around the Grounds. You're back with footy talk around the ground. Simon Black and Tom Rockliffe here at the Gabba. Fascinating game of footy tonight, wasn't it, Blackie? We see the Brisbane Lions flex their muscles in the last quarter. Runaway winners in the end. 16-11-107 to the Gold Coast Suns, 9-10-64. They got back within a kick at the start of the last quarter, but then Brisbane just ran away with the game in that last quarter. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Their class really shone to the fore as the game wore on. And um, the Gold Coast, they, they did look they looked really good for most parts. But, um, yeah, that I guess just the weight of numbers and the, the real class that Brisbane has in their forward half uh, really showed out. The midfield from Brisbane probably got on top as the game wore on. And, um, yeah, some real, real great uh, output from a lot of the players for Brisbane. Really, really in terms of the voting, in terms of Lockyer won the Marcus Ashcroft Medal, but it was really even from a lot of uh, contributors, I guess, for for Brisbane. And um, one person I want to mention is Charlie Ballard for the Gold Coast Suns. Wasn't he fantastic down back again? He's he's really underrated, but uh, I don't think for much longer because he's a star. He's a superstar across half back, intercept mark, contested. His body works so good in those one on one contests. So he sort of kept them in the game, but unfortunately their ball use let them down at times. But Let's talk about the ladder. Brisbane Lions sitting currently on top of the ladder and potentially if Collingwood win tomorrow, they'll, they'll bump them down a second. So may finish around in second. And Gold Coast, unfortunately, they're starting to drop away a little bit again. They're sitting 13th. They've been a lot better over the last sort of four or five weeks. But unfortunately, they're still sitting in that 13th position. Where are they at? Yeah, look, they've been far better this year. No doubt about that. They've been better for longer, far more competitive. They've only got the four wins out of 10 games. So tonight, if they were able to pick this one up, a three-quarter time, they were down by 11 points. If they were able to, to get over the line tonight, it would have even the ledger with five and five. But now they're four and six. Um, they've got a couple of games in Darwin coming up. Um, so who knows uh, what's going to happen up there. But um, that they have improved. No, but no doubt to this point of the season that they are much improved. They're better for longer. Um, Brisbane, you know, at home at the Gabba here, they are a very good side. No doubt about that. They really get beaten. And I guess Stuart Jew for him, the disappointing thing that he'll be feeling is just the way that the scoreboard got opened up as the game wore on and, um, and, and the, the Suns weren't able to keep the scoreboard ticking over much in that second half. And um, that would be a bit concerning for Stuart Jew. But um, look, all in all, in terms of their progress throughout the year, yep, they are better. Um, coming here tonight, we wanted, wanted a real contest from the Suns um, and we got off, I guess, for, for probably three quarters. Yeah, we certainly did. Bailey Humphrey, they've found one there in the forward half of the ground. He's, he's started to move through the midfield as well. He ended up with the 26 disposals tonight, kicked that goal in the last quarter and, and looked like they were going to come at him. And, but he was he had an outstanding first half. I think he had 19 disposals up until half time. He was everywhere. Matty Rao just got taken out of the game, didn't he? Josh Dunkley just shadowed him everywhere around those contests. So they needed someone to step up and Humphrey was certainly that tonight. Um, Anderson as well. He was a little bit quiet on his output. He's been in, in ripping form throughout the season. He only finished with the 19 disposals as well. So they had a couple of their prime movers down, particularly with Tuke Miller not being there. 
it's a, a big disadvantage for them. But for the Brisbane Lions, if they continue to play like this, it's going to set their season up really well. Looking forward, they take on the Adelaide Crows next week. Big game down there. The, the Crows were heavily beaten today, but we know they were missing a few players. So a, a massive challenge. We know that uh, Brisbane went down there round one and got touched up by Port Adelaide. So they'll, they'll want to rectify that, that travel down there to Adelaide and, and have hopefully a good win for them. Yeah, well, and Adelaide have been superb, haven't they, at home this year. There's no doubt about that. And they want to bounce back next week back at home, the Crows. So it'll be a real test for Brisbane. Um, you know, the Crows are, are, are a different side this year. They're playing with plenty of spunk and, and life. They're a really great team to watch uh, as well. So, yeah, Brisbane, you know, they're, you know, I can be a little bit harsh on my old side. You know, they, they are, you know, they're a top four team these, these days, no doubt about that. So um, they, they should be beating the, these Gold Coast Suns types of sides. But, you know, in a way, uh, game against the Crows, who, like I said, are a different team this year. We'll, we'll, we'll test Brisbane, so, um, and then we'll have the bye after that. We've seen teams come here the last two times that Brisbane have played here at the Gabba, and they've looked to slow Brisbane's ball movement down, haven't they? They've tried to nullify that. They've, they've almost gone into their shells a little bit with their own ball movement, kick mark, and, and shift it that way. And We've we seen that up until three-quarter time again tonight. Brisbane just had lost that run-and-gun game. That's what separates them apart. That's when they can get up and going and give their forwards an opportunity, get Charlie Cameron out the back with space. So how do they go about finding finding uh, ways to get speed back on the game with Daniel Rich not being there across half-back as well with their run-and-carry? How do they get speed back on the game to give give their forwards the best opportunity? Yeah, well, you get it, don't you, by overlap run. You know, when you take a mark, if it's a short hit-up or whatever situation, that, that run from behind. And as you said, Rich... Dan Rich has been such a big uh, instrumental in that part of the, the game for the Lions over time. Darcy Wilmot's back there, and they've got some other options and things. They just need to look for it. There were so many times tonight, as we kept saying on the call, where Brisbane didn't have that run coming through from behind to be able to break up and put some speed on the ball. It became really slow. And the Suns, I must say, they, they for the most part, of the first three quarters actually uh, did a good job of slowing Brisbane down and organised themselves behind the footy really well. But, yeah, that, that's the way, isn't it? Being able to get the overlap run, getting that penetrating um, piece of play on the footy, and um, that's fast ball movement. And, and the, the, the Gabba ground is the highest scoring ground in Australia. And, um, and tonight, they, I mean, they still kicked over 100 points, Brisbane, tonight. So they got their game going at, uh, towards the end there. But, um, yeah, that's uh, they want to do that against the Crows next Sunday. Yeah, the Brisbane Lions winning tonight by 43 points against the Gold Coast Suns. Some key numbers out of the game, team-wise, inside 50s. The Brisbane Lions had the 60 to Gold Coast 39. So they dominated that area of the game going plus 21 in that. The clearances, they ended up plus 6, 42 to Gold Coast Suns. 36 and contested footy again. They monstered the Gold Coast Suns in the end, plus 21, 140 to 119. So they won all those key stats that, particularly in the coaches' box, that they want to look at the inside 50, the contested footy, the clearances. They just won all of them tonight. Didn't they? And they set themselves for it. You know, there's a bit of talk throughout the week how good Raul and, and Noah Anderson have been going. So no doubt Fags would have had that midfield of Brisbane set for it. And, uh, and they did. They ground, they ground them down. As, as you mentioned earlier, Anderson just the 19 and Raul 18, which is down on their input from the last three weeks since uh, particularly Tuke Miller's been out of the side. Been superb, those two boys. But, uh, yeah, they were a bit off tonight. And uh, Josh Dunkley mentioned throughout the call that he's just about their most valuable midfielder this year. Obviously, Lockie Neal's been does what he does and continues to do that. But his ability to be able to, to lock down as well and find his own ball has been absolutely superb. So I think in terms of the best and fairest, it, uh, he'd be right up there, Josh Dunkley, no doubt about that. Yeah, certainly. And we heard Lockie Neal after the game say Joe Danaher as well would be right up there 
In uh, the best and fairest award, Brisbane's midfield starting to operate. As you said, Dunkley's come in. It's also forced those McCluggages and Berry probably to play a, a fair bit more on the outside. But Hugh McCluggage was back to his best tonight. He had the 30 disposals. Will Ashcroft as well. He just continues to find the footy for a first-year play. He ended the night with 30 disposals as well. Yeah, was he? he probably wanted to win that medal the first game. <laughs> <laughs> get get uh, Dad to present the medal around his neck. So He might have a few by the end of his career, I think. Yeah, the way he goes. He, he continues just to find the footy, doesn't he? You don't notice him all that often, but he, his work, particularly in the third quarter tonight, I think he started to lift Brisbane when they had that run on and had that good patch. He started to burst away from the stoppages and just clean below his knees, isn't he? He really is. It's, as you say, it's eye-catching, isn't it, the way he gets through the stoppage. He might not get that first one off the Ruckman's hands, but because he's moving, he's there to tackle someone or get a handball receive, and we saw that time and time again tonight. So I guess for any uh, young players out there, watching young Ashcroft uh, in his first year, it's a, it's a, you're going to learn, learn a lot by watching the way he goes about it. Yeah, you certainly will. To recap the action here, the Brisbane Lions runaway winners, winning by 43 points, 16-11-107 to the Gold Coast Suns, 9-10-64. Brisbane by 43 points. They blew that out in the last quarter. The Marcus Ashcroft medal was, went to Lockie Neal, best on ground. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow, Daisy Thomas and Abby Holmes on deck to unpack the whole weekend. Listener.